Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me as always is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by Fans for Fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been offering news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the South Point 400 this past week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Remain Steve. calm. All is well. <laughs> Remain calm. Oh man, all, the all is well. It's okay. South Point 400. It was uh, full of ups and downs, drama, spins, drama, <laughs> a late race uh, change for the lead, and uh, a fast 12 car for majority of the race. So, mm-hmm. um, as far as getting back to a mile and a half track and kind of getting the playoffs back on track, I thought things were looking pretty well, not even just for Ryan Blaney wise, but for the entire sport, mm-hmm. even though uh, the drama at the beginning of the race really had the potential to overshadow things. But I think the way the rest of the race played out, um, it kind of was all tightly wrapped in a great package for a great playoff race experience. The, the, it... <sighs> From sat <laughs> first off Saturday's practice on, um, for me there was always there was drama right off the bat, you know, with the practice because he goes out and he runs thirty laps and nobody else in in that either practice session ran thirty laps. Yep. And this is why I listened to the scanner and they didn't get this on TV for about a half an hour. They did not. It took them a while till they found out about it. Um, as he's coming in. From the third, right before him, he just decided, I'm going to bring it in. And they were like, he's like, I got a vibration. And sure enough, as soon as they got that sucker parked over the radio, Miles said, good catch. He says, because it was, it was, a, it was a right rear flat. And uh, I thought, oh gosh, and I texted you, I think. And then we're the discord chat yeah. right away. And I'm just like, oh no, they've, they've went too far on the adjustment here for the camber and the, and the air pressure they're fast though that's what i was gonna say keep in mind he is leading the speed chart so immediately we're just like well we know why now yeah i mean and it's just like oh are they gonna gamble with this is this gonna end up being a thing for the whole weekend um and that became the talk of all the radio programs leading into the race it became the talk of uh the pre-race programs on tv um, it became the talk of, yeah, just before the green flag went they're down on pit road, talking to crew chiefs and different people. And, you know, we're coming off, you know, a race at Texas, uh, that, you know, we don't want to really look back on because of all the tire failures. And we talked about it then exactly. And we explained what was happening, camber, uh, settings and tire pressure, but mm-hmm. the difference in this race at Las Vegas is Goodyear did come back with a brand new tire construction for this race. Now, I don't know the science and everything behind that specifically, um, but maybe just spitballing, maybe they did beef up the construction or something on the inside of the tires to, mm-hmm. since they realize teams are not going to stop pushing it. And honestly, the tire failures make them look bad, even though they're bringing a good tire to the track before. Yeah. Um, but uh, it seems like things held up because if I'm not mistaken, uh, that corded tire that went flat for Ryan ends up being the only tire failure of the weekend in the cup series. Yeah. The only one that we saw or heard about. So you know, it, it may have been, you know, that, or it may have just been a, a bad tire. And sometimes that happens too. You know, they don't, you know, thousands of tires they go through during a season. Uh, sometimes you just get a bad one, you know, or you just, you know, you just wore it out. I mean, but so, yeah, I mean, pretty much the practice went halfway decent at that point, but it started off the weekend, like oh, got a little scary, but the fastest five, 10, 15, 20 lap average. Yep. I don't think anybody ran in more than 25. So, you know, he was fastest in all the averages fastest in that practice. Um, uh, Logano made this huge jump in practice. He was 11th quick and then went all the way up to fourth on his second time out. And that's really impressive because yeah, that's a heat cycle on the tires. Cause they only get two sets of tires, one to practice with, and then one to do the qualifying with. So, um, and, fastest in group a and like i said the the 22 was fourth fastest um so 
in group B, the one car went out and he wasn't really that far back of Ryan. So he was the yeah. next closest guy, you know, uh, playoff driver wise. And then the 14 was like the next one behind that. So I was still uh, surprised though, that Ryan, you know, usually they get to group B and we've talked about group B all year tending to be quick, but Ryan's lap time holds up throughout oh, this practice. Yeah. Um, so we get, um, Josh and Ryan discussing the qualifying lines. Everybody's, you know, running when, when he gets out there, you know, um, but in group a, the five fastest end up being Ryan, uh, the 22, the 43, the 99 and the three, uh, group B ends up being the two, the eight, the 24, the 20 and the 21. So all four Penske prepared cars make that top 10. And that's, that's really impressive. Um, the Ryan ends up going out fifth for the, uh, for the pole qualifying, um, puts up, uh, you know, 29.34 three, five, four, which was the fastest so far. So now you knew the guys that, you know, from the second group, were going to get a chance. Yeah. And, and there was, and there was a lot of talk about how the, the, the grip, there was getting a little more grip in the track as more guys went out, which was probably due to more rubber being laid down than anything else. Um, so he does end up fourth. Um, and it took note here of the playoff guys and how they, how they did, uh, the eight got the pole. Um, the 24 was going to start third, Ryan fourth, um, the 22 fifth, the 20 was seventh. Then you get the, uh, the one, uh, 11th, the 14 was 16th. The nine was 20th and the 11 was 31st. And what's interesting of that is you got a bunch of playoff guys that, um, you know, they end up, you know, yeah. Elliot Hamlin back. Yeah. I mean, so, it really weird that, you know, you don't have all eight of them up in that top 10 or 12 spots, you know, especially Hamlin way back there and the nine car way back there. And, and their days still end up being, you know, they, they have some ebb and flow, but, uh, so we get to Sunday, the stages were 80, 165, 267 pit stall. Let's see 37, which was open out, nobody in front of him. And then I think the 23 was behind him. Um, for the initial start, uh, the leader took the low lane and this was kind of weird. I always thought the high lane was going to be a better lane on restarts, but I think avoiding the bumps in one or two, yeah. um, ended up being a big thing. So the low lane ends up being the better lane to start in. And that kind of shuffles Ryan a little bit, uh, at lap two though, he's, he's, you know, in fourth, he's battling, uh, the eight and the two are battling in front of him for the lead. Um, lap four, Ryan's talking about a vibration in the fronts already. And this is something that I was already nervous, you know, <laughs> here we go. You know, what's funny is, um, and we've talked about this before, uh, where there are complaints. Okay. And, uh, a lot of time it's frustration and it's in the moment and he's usually doing that when the car is really, really good. And he really, really feels he has a chance to win. So, um, he may blurt something out, but then after everything calms down on a caution or, or so forth, and they start to discuss things, he, he nitpicks it apart a little bit better, a little bit, you know, so there are times that you'll read, um, uh, Stellanarius's report and she's in the moment getting it in the moment. And, you know, there is that aggression that he just gives off. But the reality is, is it's just in the moment. It's that, that whole, uh, pressure cooker going on all at that point in time. And then once things calm down and settle down, you know, and I think Jeremy Bullens knew that Todd Gordon knew that Jonathan Hassler knew that. And it's worth mentioning. This is the third of four races here where we have miles Stanley mm -hmm. uh, as the interim crew chief on the pit box while Jonathan uh, serves that penalty from the wheel coming off at Bristol. So uh, one more week to go on that. So we have miles on the pit box and we also have a replacement Jackman and a rear tire changer. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that too, because miles gives uh, all the same things that Jonathan gives. He just gives them a little bit different way. So, it, you know, he, he still gets that same types of information and um, he still relays the information to miles the same way he would, if it was Jonathan. So, and Jonathan's actually, we know is back at the shop actually helping call the shots. So um, the lap nine, he's talking about it being too, too tight. Um, and, and miles tells him everybody's too tight. So once again, you know, he's, he's feels like he should be the fastest car and really he is the fastest car and everybody's having the same problems he's having. So, um, at lap 15, he's, uh, only two tenths back of third place, which is the 24, only two seconds back of the eight car. Um, 
and, and like I said, it settles down a little bit here where he's in a rhythm and he can tell him, he says, it mainly just needs to turn on exit. So he's given more specific advice on, on what he needs. Um, like I said, it kind of calmed down a little bit. If it's going to chatter, it's going to chatter, you know, it's the way it is. Um, lap, um, at lap 23, he's only 1.63 back of the leader. Um, and the next lap he passes the 24 gets the third at lap 30, um, only 1.1 back of the lead and only half a second back of the two. So he's he, the speed is starting to show, you know, in the longer runs here, um, lap 33, um, the two passes the eight for the lead Ryan's in third and he's only half a second back of the lead as those two were battling, um, lap 34, the eight passes, uh, he passes the eight. I'm sorry. He's up to second now. Um, lap 36 miles to, um, to tells Josh to tell him where the fastest car right now, uh, you know, and the, you know, only 6.6 back of the lead. So, you know, almost a half a second, um, and lap 38, they're pitting now they didn't pit first. And this is the, the thing is that the tires were good as far as fall off goes. Um, so the, uh, Pitting the, the cars who go in and pit before anybody else are two seconds faster when they come back out. There was that much tire fall off in almost 40 laps. So he, the pit stops really not bad per se. What it ends up being is they got in there a lap later than everybody else. Um, so, and they all cycle it up at lap 42, he's in sixth. And, um, he actually asks, what is the eight blocking for? Cause he's faster than the eight and the eight is trying to not giving him, you know, the room to do what he got to do. But lap 46, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's behind him. And then, um, miles tells him he's a couple cars short pitted and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll get him back. So, um, the new he said, and that's what he, he said that out loud. He said the new tires are actually two seconds faster. So one lap is two seconds. The guys behind him gained on him and, 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 and passed him on track basically. Um, and how do you know that that's another thing, right? Yeah. Strategies is how do you know when everybody's going to do, you know, you can't monitor everybody's communications. And a lot of times they say, come to pit road now uh, as they're in turns three and four. So you the know. perils of being a crew chief too, because he could call them in early uh-huh. And then say so he calls them in and then there's a crack, an accident on the track or, or something happens, a caution and yeah. it doesn't work out to where that's to their benefit. And then all of a sudden you've, you know, you're an idiot. You made a horrible mistake or, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they, how they can plan for that. And usually when you're up front, you're not usually the ones that's going to pit first too. It's, you're going to react to things. Yeah. So lap 48, he does pass the eight car, get the fifth, um, 1.6 back of the lead, uh, lap 50. Uh, he's, he's only 1.4 back of the lead and that's from fifth, you know? So, at lap 55, he passes the 18. It was a pretty good battle, but he passes him. He gets to fourth, uh, lap 60, uh, the 20 passes him. So back to fifth here. Um, and Ryan's talking about don't have any speed grip, um, that I had yesterday. So, um, you know, there's, you know, they feel like they, there was an adjustment maybe they had had from the day prior to the, you know, to that day. And it might've been based on weather and so forth. And they, they're talking about going back. He says, um, Miles says, we'll fix it, uh, fix balance on the next stop. So it's something they must've talked about and know about. Um, the thing that I like that you've been saying, and we've seen this on nearly every mile and a half, except for Texas this year, is you're saying, you know, Ryan passes this guy, Ryan passes this guy, this guy passes Ryan back. The racing, you know, was really good there's, in this race. Racing. And it's another yeah. reason where um, we've been talking about maybe putting Las Vegas on our on our go to list in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. And uh, the racing there was was great. It was, it was really good to see. And it's really good to see how this car performs on there. Just uh, yeah. just got to get those road courses and short tracks fixed up. Yep. Uh, lap 63, the uh, the 18 actually passes. So he's back to sixth here, uh, about two point six, six back of the leader, which is the 99 at this point. Um, so four laps later, he passes the 18 back, back up to fifth, uh, lap 71. Um, the, the they, they tell him he's the fastest car, um, only 2.77 back of the leader who was the 45 at this point. So at lap 77, we get a caution for the 18 who just spins off a of four. Um, I wrote down right away, right rear flat. Cause I'm thinking, well, here it is where, you know, uh, 30, some 40 laps into a tire run, but no, it actually wasn't. He just. He lost it too. So, you know, former NASCAR champions can lose it too um, with this car. Um, 
at lap 80 is the end of the stage. So the 45 wins the stage. Ryan finishes fifth. We get uh, six stage points. Yeah, really, really right crucial off, stage points for sure. Right off the bat. Yep. It's going to be big down the line. Um, and I put put a note here. The the 22 car finish is second there. 20 car finish fourth. And the 24 car finish 10th. So those are the guys that got stage points. The one was 11th at this point. The 11 was 15th. The nine was 19th. And the 14 was 25th. Um, so, you know, the 11 had moved up a little bit, the 19 or the nine really hadn't moved up much at all. Rough day. Um, yeah. Uh, Miles says they do an, uh, uh, air pressure adjustment. Um, and, uh, they pit, they come out ninth on, on the cycle pitting, uh, the leader takes the bottom and Ryan takes the bottom. And it's a great restart. Cause actually runs, like I said, it's back, um, ninth. I think he was fifth in the row actually when he took took the took the bottom and um miles tells him he freed up uh half a number and uh they restart lap 85 here and three wide <laughs> and he gets all the way to sixth by the end of the lap and the next lap later he's up to fifth so you know, waste no time um taking advantage of the low lane and taking advantage of guys who you know weren't as good a car as him um Lap 89 up to fifth here, and he's got the one, the 99, the 22, and the 45 are in front of him. Um, and uh, lap 91, the 99 actually takes the lead. Um, but nine, lap 92, he passes the 45 for fourth. Uh, lap 95, um, he's two seconds back of the 99 who's leading. Uh, and then we get the caution for the 545. Um, in the 20. Oh yes, and the twenty. Yeah, we we need to mention the twenty because the twenty actually is the one who gets the real raw end of this deal. Um, what more can we say? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We have to talk about it for a minute. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would say everybody listening or watching this podcast knows exactly what happened. Um, for the most part, now I mean, there's telemetry and some other data that I'm sure NASCAR is going to go back and look at based on some statements that were made as to the reasons why uh, the the wreck happened toward the end of it, of this incident. But um, unfortunate, I mean, this is something we saw. I, if you watch the Xfinity series race, series race, you saw a move like this multiple times in that race. It actually happened to the, the guy, Josh Berry, that went on to win the race where you get squeezed up into the wall coming out of the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, he went on to win, different car though. Uh, so Larson dives in, gets loose, catches the car up the track doesn't really leave Bubba much room. And I think Bubba reacts to that gets into the outside wall. Um, now as a regular person, just watching the video looks like he hooks it left then mashes the gas straight into the five, the five spins looking like he was going to end up backing it into the fence, which we all know uh, with this next gen car is an issue, but I don't want to say luckily, but luckily the 20 car comes into the picture and actually doors him and keeps him from backing into the fence, but it also ends the the 20 cars day and Christopher bell, who's not put back into a must win situation, but pretty close. So that team, as you said, gets the, the raw end of the deal. Um, Bubba, this is when I think Bubba makes a series of unfortunate uh, decisions. Uh, the first one, if he did actually, in fact, hook the five on purpose on track at that speed, that was the first bad decision. The second one, he gets out of his car and walks, you know, a couple hundred yards down to the five, uh, expresses his displeasure, and then tries to f- start a fight that uh, Kyle Larson didn't want to have anything to do with, eventually shrugs it off. Um, Bumpa still doesn't get into the ambulance, walks, I'm assuming, all the way to the care center on his own. Um, there's some more controversy here because he does have an exchange with a NASCAR official, and I would encourage people to go back and watch that video because I mean, even my first take of it, it looked like he shoved the NASCAR official. But if you watch it back multiple times, you actually see he removes the official's hand off of his own chest and then puts his hand up to kind of probably tell him to back off. So um, it's, it's not something, in my opinion, that uh, was good for Bubba. I mean, I'm not him, so I don't make decisions for him, but... That's not something that, you know, I think he needed at this point in his career. Um, I had an exchange with some folks on Twitter from our own team Blaney account, which um, just in saying, just trying to explain that, you know, I mean, first and foremost, you know, Bubba is one of Ryan's best friends. So 
you know, I'm not going to apologize for the fact that our accountant, Team Blaney, is going to stand behind what Ryan believes in. He's gonna, they're gonna, we're probably going to stand behind his friends to the best of our ability. So we don't really get caught up in the rest of the uh, everything that surrounds Bubba and how polarizing he is. So we were just commenting basically on just the incident itself. Yeah. And I had mentioned like people, NASCAR fans, and how polarizing he is. Everyone has pretty much already decided whether you you like Bubba and you can you're a fan of his or you're completely on the other side of the spectrum. There really is no middle ground here. And that's kind of what I said. It's like people are beyond being convinced either mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So let's just talk about the incident that happened here. My take personally, he made a lot of mistakes here that need to be addressed. Um, just right before we got on to record, he released a statement uh, apologizing to all of his partners, apologizing to Christopher Bell, uh, kind of the normal PR type stuff and saying he's going to learn from this. And I hope he takes that to heart. Um, but on a Monday when we're recording this, you know, it's Tuesdays usually when penalties are, are announced. So um I don't know, Steve. I expect something to happen here. Yeah. More I mean, than just there, points or I mean, fines, we'll, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Will there be a points thing? Definitely. Will there be a monetary fine? Definitely. Um, what NASCAR's got to decide is if they need to um, squash the behavior with maybe a, a suspension. And even if it's just one race. Um, has Have these things happened before? Yes, they have. Um, and those people who are extremely critical, I want you to think about whether or not if your driver did this, the guy that you follow um, did this type of thing, would you be feeling the same way about him um, that you feel uh, toward, toward Baba right now? Okay. So uh, do that for a moment too. think about, you know, what if my guy was Corey LaJoy or whatever, and he was, people would go, well, he's standing up for himself because that's my guy. And that's what I think he needs to do. So there's a little bit of that too. You have to think about, you know, was it extreme? Yes. I mean, um, was it over the top probably? And like I said, he'll pay for it. You know, the, the apology already says some things, but he'll pay for it and, uh, learn from it hopefully. But you know, it's not the first time that guys have gotten out of the car and fought with each other or one guy's chased down another guy walked down pit road and punched him in the face and started a fight in Las Vegas. You know, <laughs> we've seen uh, multiple guys within the sport, do it guys that you wouldn't expect to do it, do it. We've seen guys in truck races, get out of the trucks and tumble down the track with each other in, uh, in, in a bear hug. Um, I, I remember that a couple of years ago, was that John West Townley and somebody, um, you know, so we've seen these things happen. Um, and listen to Kyle Larson and what he said in his, in his post, uh, incident interview too. Kyle didn't necessarily rip Bubba for what had happened. He kind of almost said that he made a mistake himself. <laughs> he almost said it. And then he backed away and said something different because you don't want to say that you've made a mistake in that situation, but, or that you may have been racing hard too hard, you know, but. Uh, if you listen to the way Kyle even answered his, his, his part of the thing, he, he, you know, he, he said, I understand his frustration. So, um, you know, would you have liked to have seen it just happen behind the trailer somewhere without any cameras around or, you know, or let's go talk somewhere privately. Yeah. That's going to be, and hopefully that ends up being the future of it uh, for anything that, that, uh, that he does. But uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Also definitely wouldn't have, would have liked him to have not, hooked him yeah uh, because i mean there's a couple things here one thing to make clear is bubba in his statement after the race said said which this is very smart either way is that you, one thing you don't do in nascar and other people have learned this is you don't admit it if you have intentionally wrecked somebody regardless yeah. of how obvious it looks so mm-hmm. um this may be a case of that or it might be true but you know bubba did hit the wall pretty hard he claimed that his steering was broken which we've seen that we've seen that with big hits into the wall we've seen that with small hits into the wall um so that is possible. Um, it's just, I mean, the, the biggest thing that, that just kind of makes me, makes me sad about the situation. It's like one of those situations where I just felt disappointed is just the fact that, you know, this is a guy that wakes up every day and, and logs into Twitter and is just destroyed. Yeah. Like 
no matter what he could post a picture donating a million dollars to a children's hospital and you'd go into the comments and he's just gonna get destroyed yeah, is... so it's just like it's just for me it's and... like man this is just not something he needed he just did not need this even though i've already said people have already made up their minds about him so no one's gonna change their mind but you don't need to just didn't need this to, to layer on top there's of that. there's one other thing i, I want to point out here and and that's um nascar NASCAR is also to blame here and, and I'm going to throw them under the bus to some extent too, because from the point that he gets out of his car, the track is already under caution. Okay. He gets out of his car and walks almost two to 300 yards. As they said to Larson, nobody gets between him within that distance and says, Hey, you got to get in the ambulance or, Hey, uh, come over here or where are you going? What are you doing? Nobody does that. And then when he does get to Larson, um, there are a couple people around Larson and none of them go, Hey, wait a minute. What, what are you doing? What, why are you over here? You know? And it makes me wonder if he asked Larson, if he was okay first before he pushed him, you know, but also where is NASCAR in this? Why weren't they there to play referee? You know, this is not a hockey fight. You don't let them battle it out until they tire out. Okay. This is more like uh, an incident in, in, in other sports where the umpire gets between them and makes sure that it doesn't go any further than that. And it seems to me like NASCAR wanted this to happen. Once they saw what happened on the track and they saw him get out of the car, it was just like, oh, well, let's, let's see what happened next. Because that camera followed him a long way, all the way down over to him. And that's, I mean, I was horrified, like sitting in my chair at home, like, what's about to happen? Why, yeah. hasn't, why hasn't anybody stopped this yet? You see that he's angry. You know that he's angry. Yeah. So NASCAR has a little bit to blame here too. And they kind of want this because you know what? They're one of those ones that any publicity is good publicity. So we're, we're here. We are, you know, we're not going to be the only ones talking about it for, for the next week, you know? Sure. And um, immediately now Las Vegas motor speedway isn't NASCAR, but immediately today uh, their social media was already promoting photo of the fight. Mm -hmm. And hey, come and get your tickets for the the race in March. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Um, I mean, you're going to see that on a highlight reel for years to come. And just like I said, I just felt really, really disappointed. I was kind of deflated by the incident. I've already, you know, said my case and, and the reasons why. And um, we're not here to really change anybody's mind about Bubba. It's too far. It's too far down the road on that. But uh, feel for the guy. I hope he makes some better decisions in the future. And like I said, he and Ryan are really good friends. So we're going to stand behind them and, and support them uh, now and, and into the future. Yeah. So um, they um, going back to the race here, they do pit here and they hold serve. They come in uh, the same place they left, except the 11 car took two tires. So the 11 car ends up taking the lead, but it's basically because they took two tires, not because, you know, the, the better pit stop. Um, so, you know, they tell them save fuel here. They're P5 for the cone. The, uh, the 11 took the top here. I don't understand what's going on in there, but uh, Ryan takes the bottom and uh, the 20 uh, literally during this whole caution, the 20 ran out of time on trying to fix the car. Um, so they restart lap one Oh three. He's in fifth. The 99 ends up taking the lead. And then we get a caution pretty much right away for the 47 car. Um, and the 14 has some left rear damage uh, on the, from the restart people banging into them on the restart. Uh, they're staying out here. Josh tells them saving fuel. Um, the choose cone leader 99 takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. Um, and, uh, this, they said should save enough, ca uh, this caution should save enough fuel for them to get to the end. Uh, he asks them and miles says, yep, we should be good to, to the end. He says, just keep saving during the caution here. So we one thing I'll interject on that. I'd asked yeah. you too, in the middle of this run, like, Hey, can they make it on fuel? Because TV was seemed to be like the track out there saying, Oh, the track house guys are, are concerned, you know, that they didn't get enough fuel in and they might not make it. And um, so they were kind of playing this up as the, the run to the end of the stage might be really, really tight mm -hmm. on fuel, which it doesn't really, it doesn't actually really happen. No. Um, so at lap one of seven, we get the restart and uh, he gets up to third with the one leading at this point and at lap 112 uh is p3 uh 1.05 seconds back at the leader which is the one about seven tenths back of the 99 um at lap 119 uh still about the same here at 1.05 back p3 and then at lap 124 uh he's a half second back at the leader so he's everything's bunched up in front of him now he's catching him 
Uh, lap 125, he passes the 99, gets up to second, and five laps later, he gets to the one car and passes him, takes the lead. And this is, you know, this is great. This is you know, because he has the fastest car all day, and they've tell him tell him this on the on the radio a couple different times. Um, for a couple laps, it goes door to door with the one there. Um, and at lap 135, the, the 22 car actually gets up to second. And Ryan's talking about, you know, should we try to make sure we maintain the gap here because they're just trying to save the tires to the end of the run. Uh, and Josh is giving Ryan uh, the line that 22 is running behind him, so the 22 can't get a any kind of run on him um at lap 140 he's eight tenths ahead of the 22 and um you know ryan tells him just trying to keep the right rear tire on it uh try not to piss it off <laughs> he said you know which you know it's a it's you know it's and he's good at this he's good at keeping you know keeping the tires from going, going bad um lap 150 he now has a two second lead over the 22 um about six, seven laps later, it's 1.8 seconds. And uh, once again, still trying to conserve the tires. And then we get to lap 165. He wins the stage easily. Um, so here we go. 10 stage points now. Um, yeah. And, and the, and the, the playoff point doesn't really matter because you're just trying to get to Phoenix here, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is his third stage win in the last two rounds. So uh, really good to see. And it was really good to see them bring a dominant car to this race. And um pretty optimistic at this point because the tires are holding up mm-hmm. there's a point earlier in the race when they started talking about uh that i think miles had said we're gonna go more toward the air pressures we ran in practice because they kind of dialed that back because of the tire issue yeah so i was back to being nervous again and then you hear ryan saying you know he doesn't want to make that tire angry mm-hmm. um but now I'm, I'm more comfortable i'm like okay you know be as yeah. aggressive as you need to be yeah. and uh let's let's see what happens they um they you know, were uh that's their eighth stage of the year, which leads all of NASCAR. So, yeah. um, just to give an update on where everybody else finished in that stage, the 22, uh, finished second, uh, the one car finished fourth, the 11 car finished fifth. So he made stage points there. The 24 car was sixth. Um, the 14 was 19th, the nine was 23rd and the 20 of course is 34th now being out. Yeah. So, um, miles tells them we're going to try to adjust a bit more back. Like you had it in practice. Uh, there it is. There it is yeah, actually. Yep. There. Yep. Cause I think they were uh, comfortable too. After getting through mm-hmm. these two stages, it's like, okay, nobody, there's not mass tire problems. So I think we can dial it back in. Um, they were uh, four tires fuel, uh, going on the Jack here. Uh, they come out third on it and, um, Ryan's is not bad on that guy. So something with the way they had to come in and go in and out around somebody slowed it down. It wasn't necessarily the, the guys uh, on the stop itself. So, um, miles, of course, take your fuel here. Uh, it'll help help us on the next stop, you know, so we won't have to put as much in, uh, the 22 is leading at this point, taking the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. Also, uh, restart lap 171. It gets up to second there and uh, lap 178 up to second three tenths back at the 22 it's really quiet on the radio because they're just one guy behind one guy there and just you know um and literally the one one i took a note next note i took was lap 192 six tenths back lap 194 we get a caution for the 15 uh they pit uh in second come out second um and the one car actually wins the race off pit road here um they're going on the jack um so they're not going to be good on fuel at this point lap wise. So they're everybody's going to have to probably get, you know, one more or they have to save under caution. One of the two, um, the choose going, the one takes the bottom, Ryan takes the top and the 11 will be pushing Ryan at this point. So we got the restart lap 199, um, lap 200, uh, the 24 does his little deal. Um, and you, you catch it in post race where he, he just, he slid up the track. He bottomed out. Bottom out big time. And I almost died. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he he saved it and he saved it in enough of a fashion where he didn't wreck anybody else. Um, you know, the main thing Ryan wanted to know is there's a tire rub and they don't see any tire rub. Um, but it pushes Ryan back because he had to kind of slow a little bit. Yeah, they lost multiple spots in yeah, this. Yeah, they're back exchange. Back, to, back to fifth here at lap two oh four. Um, lap 207 though he passes the 11 up to fourth at lap 209 he passes the 18 up to third he's about 2.8 back of the leader um and at lap 216 they're telling him the one car is actually trying to save fuel now he did he's out front but he's trying to 
you know, back off, uh, you know, and, 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 and save coming into the turn. So, um, miles wants to know if we can do a light save. Um, they're about four laps short. They said at yeah. this point. And then, um, lap 222, he says, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, we're getting them all the mileage, uh, we need, uh, and gaining on them at the same time. Um, so he's really doing a good job of, you know, what he needs to do on the throttle off the throttle and still running really good lap times compared to the guy, other guys trying to save, um, at lap 223, he passes the 10 car. He's up to second. And then, um, at lap 228 to 228, we get the incident. Uh, uh, like I, I was explaining to people, like, uh, I use the NASCAR app on the phone. I've got the, um, in car now they're showing the in cars and, and the in cars for everybody. Uh, the main in car is just through the window, yeah. uh, front windshield, um, unless it's the special in car they use on TV and then they've got different cameras, but the one through the window and then right below it, I've got a timing and scoring thing that sh shows the guy in front of him, the guy behind him and what the gaps are. And, um, it's ahead of the TV by, I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds sometimes, you know, and all of a sudden I see, you know, he's second for those couple laps beforehand and he's gaining on the, on and the leader. And I'm thinking, well, this is going to happen soon. You know, we're going to get that pass for the lead and then we're going to, you know, be out front and maybe hold on to enough fuel, you know? And then it just drops off all of a sudden. I just turn and look at my wife and she's like, what the heck's happening? I says, it's not on TV yet, but something happened. And sure enough, I look at the end car and he's spinning and, um, you know, some people right off the bat thought there was a tire failure. I immediately did because, and because of that note, we just made or uh, miles said in that, uh, before that one pit stop that they were going to go back toward the air pressures they did in practice. And I was like, dang it, it did it. It did it. But then you realize pretty quickly when he it comes to a stop, all of his tires are still up even after yeah, spinning after spinning. So, um, you know, they bring it in before, uh, pit roads even open, you know, what's the difference at this point tail yeah. end or whatever, you know, um, Miles tells them they're going to check the right, uh, right rear toe link first, uh, shut it off to bring the hood up. Um, and, uh, there's some comedy going on at the same time. The 18 car comes off his pit stop on pit road and comes down the back stretch and there's a tire rub and they're like looking at it on TV and like, what, why is he smoking? What's going on? Yeah. Go, that wheel must be loose. And then all of a sudden it just pops yeah. off. Yeah. The fender was just basically holding the wheel in for the time being. Yeah. And then, uh, so uh, Ben Bayshore, uh, it's not going to be <laughs> he's on vacation yeah. the rest of the year. Yes, and the year uh, I don't know whether he thinks that's a good thing or not. So yeah, <laughs> as Kyle moves on. So, yeah. So um, they, they're back to 30th uh, position at this point while trying to fix this. And um, the restart is at lap 233 and the 31 is leading. And uh, another lap or two later, they do come out. Now, the minimum speed they need is 3310. Um, I checked, uh, with Raymond, uh, Fox today and, and they prepared both the front and rear tow links in under nine, 10 minutes, under 10 minutes. Um, and excellent work once again by him and his crew. Uh, you know, he gives all the credit to his guys every time and, and they all assessed what they had to do. And I'm sure it doesn't hurt that they've had experience with this already too. And they had more time to deal with it. Um, as it was going on. Um, they were giving him a countdown on the clock, uh, what it would take to get to, to get off pit road. And then they would have to get the minimum speed once they got off pit road. So, um, I think they still did it with a couple minutes to spare. Actually, um, they get back out there and, uh, like I said, 33, 10 was the minimum speed. The first lap they run is a 31 67, which is pretty good for a car. Yeah. It's hit two walls. Um, now I do want to point out to folks you, you mentioned Raymond Fox and uh, you mentioned the experience this team has fixing tow links. And that goes all the way back to the cutoff race at Daytona mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. And we actually did have Raymond Fox on the show and he kind of explained the whole process, how, uh, how the road crew is different from the pit crew and what they do when they get over the wall and kind of who works on what. So I encourage you to go back to that Daytona recap episode and you can hear a lot from Raymond Fox himself mm -hmm. as he explains all of that stuff. So yeah. uh, go back and listen to that. But yeah, I mean, the way, the way that he leads that, that road crew and, um, you know, they, they had to spring into action at Br Bristol as well. Now, mm -hmm. Bristol, they had a long time to repair that car. Mm -hmm. um, but that, you know, they gained valuable positions in that race. And then in this mm -hmm. race, you know, there's not a lot of carnage, but it is still valuable for him to get back on track here. Yeah. Um, 
here's you know what I figure right now they're 30th seven laps down but if they would have left the race at that point they would have finished 33rd um so at lap 240 they get a caution for the 99 car um and Ryan apologized at this point so everything that happened he was pretty much quiet on the radio um what he says is it just stepped out on me I couldn't save it um you know it's just one of those things that this, like I said, this car this year, it's happened to everybody at some point sooner or later. They, you know, you, they drive on the razor's edge and sometimes they, they yeah. do, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, one of the best car control guys out there. He, 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 how many times his TV showed his, his gloves through the, through the front windshield, you know, making sure that thing doesn't spin out, but uh, it just, it caught up with him uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And I guess we uh, didn't even mention that fact. We said it wasn't a tire that went down, but yeah. And, you know, Ryan's interviewed a couple times after the race says the same thing, lost mm-hmm. it. I lost it. Hit the and, wall. Uh, so if you're going to, if you're going to direct your anger at anybody, I wouldn't direct it at Ryan personally, no, but, but no. I, I immediately hear the, oh, the car's junk. Oh, the tires are junk. Oh, this is NASCAR's fault. Uh, Roger doesn't care about the 12 team. This is why this happened. This guy was racing him too hard. Yeah. Joey (laughs) would, Joey shouldn't have been trying to pass him. You know, Joey was on the bottom, nowhere near him and Joey's trying to win a championship. They they were running second and they were tracking down the guy who was leading. So, so it's just, you know, it's comical, but I know fans are just trying to digest what had just happened, but, um, play off it. Mistakes happen. And in this Mm -hmm. case, unfortunately the driver's driver error. And, you know, obviously no one's going to feel worse than, than Ryan does right now. Yeah. Um, so they come in at this, this time, point in time and pit to, um, get the toe correct. Um, and it's, you know, interesting cause they try to fix it here. Um, hood is up. They take a wheel off. They, they make their adjustment. They can put it all back together. The restart, um, at lap two forty five with the 31 leading, then the 14 takes the lead. Then we need a caution for the 77 car. Uh, Ryan's up to 29th at this point, seven laps down and they, uh, adjust they pit again to test adjust the toe again. And what they do is they ask Ryan where the wheel is and he says it went the wrong direction. <laughs> so when they bring it back in, they adjust the other direction twice as much to try and get it back to, to where the wheel be even for him. Um, restart lap 250, the 14 is leading and the one takes the lead. Uh, Ryan makes it all the way to 28th at this point. And we point this out because uh, there's one guy on the lap with him at that point. It's the two car. And I don't want to say team orders or so forth, but the two car on every restart, make sure he's behind Ryan on the restart. So, um, and I think you said that actually the two car ended up losing a lap even before here in the end of the race. So, <clears throat> but he would have finished 33rd if they would just packed it in at the time the accident happened. So that's five more points to the day just by fixing it and getting it back out there. Um, the 22 car ends up passing uh, the one and most TV shows a pretty good coverage of that he had tires that were newer by what, like 13 or 15 13 laps. So, you know, he took good advantage of them. The one car really couldn't block him. Uh, Tried. Him I mean, honestly, I was, I was shocked that he extended that battle all the way yeah. into like two or almost three laps to go. So in the 22, it's worth mentioning how fast the Penske cars were mm-hmm. and who knows what the two could have done if he didn't have his, his incident. It's very similar to Ryan. He kind of lost it and ended up in mm-hmm. the wall early in the race, but the 22 had to come back you know, come from behind here, passed a bunch of cars, uh, used a couple restarts to his advantage mm-hmm. and just kind of did what Ryan did at Atlanta before. And, and I mean, Joey's done this in his career multiple times, just tracked everybody down was smooth, did what he needed to do and gets past the one. Yeah. So the, um, the scenario continues. Yay. I know I, Yay. I want to win. I want to win bow now. So I don't even want to bring it up anymore. Cause I want to win so badly. And, and we know that they can win the next two weeks too. So, um, you know, the playoff grid board was, was, uh, we hurried up and did that. Um, we put it on Twitter right away. Uh, we usually try to tag team Blaney. And so it's up right away. Um, so worth go- mentioning, he came into this race three points below three points the cut line. Below the cut line. So you're going to go through the points here. Imagine what happens if he doesn't get six points in stage one, doesn't win stage two. Yeah, I mean, we'd be we'd be last. So go ahead, go yeah, ahead and go through the board. Right. That's that's what is that sixteen points, right? So yeah, yep. um, you know, so yeah, of course Joey goes to the lead. He's got the win, so it doesn't even matter what kind of points he has. Um, the first car after him is the uh, the one car. Uh, with 40, 63, and he's uh, plus 18 to that cut line now. Um, the the nine car does not have a great day, but he still, you know, has uh, 
40 62 left so he's 17 points above the gut line nearly every left. every first race of each round in these playoffs the nine yeah, has not shown not up or had a, had a problem and this was just they lacked speed all day it wasn't even strategy they just rode around out back i think he started 20th finished 21st and he was pretty disappointed himself but yeah that so that big point you know 35 40 point lead he had just almost cut in half yeah um we get to the 11 car who's at 40 51 he's plus six so he is the cut line he's the guy you got to reach for and And he moved up out of the negatives up above the line too right so um the 24 car is is 40 45 and he's six points below that cut line now um the 14 car had ended up having a decent finish he had a day yeah 40 42 uh nine nine points below the cut line Ryan is at 40, 40, 11 points below the cut line. And like you said, uh, he doesn't get any stage points or, you know, or hardly any, he would end up probably being at the last guy, which is actually bell now at 40, 28, uh, 23 points below the cut line. Um, there's a lot of ifs and buts, you know, you can look at it and go, well, if Ryan had done this and hadn't crashed and would have finished top five, you know, he would have been above the cut line yep. and in good position. And it would have moved the 11 car below the cut line probably, um, or maybe the 14 doesn't get as good a finish because there wasn't all those cautions. Um, but, uh, you know, we're still two late races to go before the cutoff. Um, winning and in, in, in is the, is the main goal, you know, but right now you also have to look at the next race is not a race where, um, uh, maybe none of these seven guys are the favorite, <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of people are going to be looking at the eight car and the five car. Uh, because of the way they run the wall at Homestead and uh, 11 points is not a lot of points to make up. And it's really kind of weird because um, the, uh, uh, the nine car running so far off of everybody uh, and then the 20 being in a desperate situation. Now um, you're going to see some really um, strange strategies and so forth. Uh, trying to get trying to get stage points and get up to the front and uh, if they're not all there and ryan gets those stage points as consistently as he does he'll make up the 11 points in the first two stages and then hopefully once again be racing in that top five with the chance to win and that's all you can ask for every week you know they're 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 really still racing really well even though the situation didn't end well um you know this week is another great week week great opportunity uh and and uh homestead uh, testing wise was what about a month ago and the Penske cars tested really well. So and they're bringing the same tire that they ran at Las Vegas. So. Um, you know, who makes me worried? Um, I'm not sure if Stuart Haas racing has put all hands at, on deck on the 14 car, but they are coming into this race four straight top tens. He was about a caution away from winning uh, this race on Sunday at Las Vegas mm-hmm. with pure speed. Yeah. I mean, now, and they, they had to make up for it. They went a lap down early in that race and got a waiver or uh, got the lucky dog or, uh, and, and got the speed back in their car and raced their way back to the front. Um, you know, Briscoe's a good driver. Um, mm-hmm. He won at Phoenix earlier this year. So it's dangerous if he can get to the championship four. So, I mean, the playoff standings would be look a lot different right now because he'd be one of the guys coming up from the negatives to the top if he was able to win and lock himself in. Yeah. So, but he makes me nervous because if this was like a one-off, like if, you know, he, it was just a one-off finishing of the top, they've been consistently good mm-hmm. the last four weeks. And um, it, it makes me, a, makes me a little bit nervous here, but yeah, obviously I would have liked for Ryan, I wanted him to win that race. They had the car to win that race. It didn't work out. I wish there was a way they just would have still finished second and they'd have a, you know, really cushy points lead right now oh, going yeah. into these next two races at Homestead and Martinsville. But this is racing. Mistakes were made um, beginning to end and it just didn't work out. But so thankful that they dominated early enough to get six points in stage one, 10 points in stage two by winning it. And uh, even down, all the way down to Christopher Bell. I think Bell probably thought he was going to be, you know, minus 40 or something after this race. But the way things played out with mm-hmm. non-playoff guys stealing stage points and stealing, uh, you know, finishing points at the end of the race, mm-hmm. it's just kept this playoff really, really, really tight. Uh, so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the interesting part, what you said there about stage points, is that usually 
at this point of the season, when they get to these three races, it's the, the eight guys, usually the six or seven of the eight guys are always in the top 10 at the end of the stages. And this time it's only like four of them, four of them in four of them out. And it's like, that's a lot of stage points. People aren't getting their hands on. And, uh, you know, Ryan getting 16 of them is huge, you know? And like I said, five more points just by staying in the race. So, um, you look at it and you go, well, he's third one down. So you look at all these other guys, but he's 11 away yeah, from the six, line. nine and 11. Yeah. It doesn't matter what, you know, I mean, if he does things that are better than the two guys in front of him and, and gets to the, and gets to the 11 car within the next week, he could be on the other side, at least on the other side of that cut line by next week, you know, and, and that's once you're there at Martinsville, then you really can control your own destiny. Cause then all you gotta do is outpoint everybody. Um, but uh, because one driver will get in on points, right? That is, that is a guarantee at this point. And I think this week will show, I mean, this week will definitely be the telltale, but I think that it'll be at least two guys. I think that either this week or Martinsville, somebody outside uh, the eight guys is going to win. I, I really feel like the five car, um, five car showed great speed last weekend and he's, you know, him and the wall um, at um, Homestead are very well acquainted. <laughs> Even the 48, you got to watch the 48. Noah Gregson, I know he's, he's going to yeah. make his uh, full-time debut in the Cup Series next year for Petty GMS. But, you know, he's run up front a lot in these races. They haven't executed all the way through to get really good finishes yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've seen, I mean, I saw Noah in person last year in the Xfinity Series race. Pretty much had that race wrapped up until David Starr decided to slam the brakes in front of the leader mm -hmm. um, in, in that race last year. It kind of ruined it for him. But he's another guy yeah. that likes to run the wall. Um, I think if I mentioned it earlier or not, I think a lot of guys are going to be running the wall with this new car, just the way the package is set up, the way the size of the tire, where they can find speed. So it might be a little bit different looking homestead race. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of it, if you do want to watch this race, you can tune in this Sunday, October 23rd for the Dixie Vodka 400 Homestead Miami Speedway. You can catch the race at 2 p.m. Eastern time on NBC or on the radio with MRN, Sirius XM NASCAR radio. They're going to have practice and qualifying on Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Uh, keep We'll keep watch to see which group Ryan is in, even though we've kind of proved this week that group, maybe the groups don't actually matter. Uh, but we'll see. So, yeah, 10 a.m. for practice, 1045 is when qualifying kicks off, and then you can watch the race at 2 p.m., on Sunday, um, because it's in Florida, it's not one of those kind of home races for us, even though it is a, a bit of a drive for us to get there, but really love Homestead Miami Speedway. I uh, love the facility. It's a pretty simple facility, but uh, really well maintained. Uh, the sunset views there when the when the weather is nice are perfect. Um, looking at the temperatures, it's going to be in the 80s. It does have a little bit of rain in the forecast, but I think it's more of the scattered variety. So we might have to see what happens in this race, but I'm really looking forward to this. Um, glad to see Homestead back in the playoffs. And it's been a long time since we've been at Homestead, because if you remember, they ran in March of uh, 2021. And then, so it's almost, you know, been more than a year basically since they've yeah. been back racing there. Yeah. So looking forward to this. And as you said, the Penske cars at that tire test were fast. They were really fast on that tire this past week at Las Vegas. Um, so really looking forward to see what they can do and hoping that Ryan just keeps adding more and more stage points uh, to the can and uh, hopefully goes out there and wins that race. Um, people are quick to point out. Uh, I think Jeff Gluck on their podcast said, or, or in one of his stories said, Homestead is one of Ryan's good tracks and eh, not exactly statistic wise. He has seven starts at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, one top five and one top 10. And that came in the same race. Uh, the 2020 race where he finished third is an average start of 10th. So it qualifies pretty well, but an average finish of 18.9. Um, he did have a really good run going in 2021, uh, but he did end up uh, getting tangled up with the 10 car, I believe toward the end of that race. And that kind of ruined that run. And they ended up finishing 29th um, next gen car though. Um, I think it's more about the type of track that they're on and the Penske cars and Ryan specifically have been really good on the mile and a half. I think you're also going to have to watch track house. Um, this is kind of their bread and butter this year. And they showed this past week that both of those cars can have speed. Um, Toyotas were a little bit scattered this past week, which is, which is surprising to me because they've been really fast at mile and a half tracks this year too. Yeah, specifically like Kansas, Kansas. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. There's something about the, the, uh, the things have changed since since they discovered the, the <laughs> that's you're the right that's true they were modifying uh, the nose that's a little right. bit and and it's amazing it, what one little tiny piece of tape can do 
they're they're not going to admit that, but you know, there's just been some things that just haven't been. Although, Kyle Kyle Busch still gets the maximum out of his he, car. I mean, that's Kyle Busch, though. He, he, you know, he had a wheel fall off, and and where did he finish yesterday? Uh, third. He spun right? out, so, had a yeah. wheel fall off, still finishes third. I think that's when people. Uh, Kyle Busch is another one of those polarizing drivers. And I th- actually think next year when he goes to RCR, he's going to pick up more fans that aren't of the 10 year old and under variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well, I think, I think the things are going to change for him in the future, but man, he's a, he's, it's, you know, he's already first bout all of famer. You can say what you want about him, but he, like you said, he gets the maximum out of any car, good or bad. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what they could do, but you're right. I didn't even think about that, that, that change, you know, the 11 and was that Pocono? The the eleven and the yeah. yeah they get they get the eighteen uh, yeah they found a tape over an area that wasn't supposed to be tape or whatever and yeah so they got bounced so mm-hmm. so we'll see uh, we I think we've already talked a little bit uh, about Homestead in general um, but like I said really looking forward to the weekend Dixie Vodka four hundred Sunday two p.m. Homestead Miami Speedway you can watch it on NBC MRN Sirius XM NASCAR Radio uh, wake up early watch some practice watch some qualifying. And remember, if you're a member of the Team Blade NASCAR fi- uh, Fantasy Live League, you have to set a lineup or you're not going to get maximum points. Yeah. Are you familiar with that, Steve? Uh, I remember somebody's telling me that once. Um, <laughs> but somewhere along the line, things happened this weekend. And we're really not going to talk about my actual totals. Let's just say that I didn't remember to do a lineup. And it happens. I think I, I missed it once this year. So I, you know. All that thing about glass houses and stones or whatever. So you, you know, I, well, not not making excuses, but you know, from the point that Saturday's practice went the way it went and qualifying went the way it went, I was so pumped up Sunday morning <laughs> and just couldn't contain myself. And then I put two football games on the TV. I have my yep, two TVs set right. up, and I put two football games on the TVs, waiting for the race to start and watching. Browns, Patriots, and Steelers, Buccaneers, and it's just everything's going great. And um, yeah, I didn't remember it at all. I had all my notes ready to go, had everything the way I needed to start the notes and everything. And then, yeah, all right. after, it was yeah. So whatever, <laughs> it happens. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and read everybody all yeah, the successful. Well, smart, I'll, I'll go through read, my lineup. Read all, my yeah, lineup. read. You read off your lineup, and all the successful smart people who knew what they were doing. I'm <laughs> I'm going to take a break over here. Yeah. Now I will say I thought I had a, a pretty decent lineup here. Um, but in the end, it didn't exactly work out. I started Daniel Suarez, started Tyler Reddick, uh, started William Byron, Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney. I actually had Ryan in the garage and uh, Christopher Bell. So I ended up swapping Bell and Blaney in the garage. And that was just based on the fact that Bubba Wallace had, a, at the point of that accident, had 11 points earned and Bell had 10. So I really, it was between Bell or, or Bubba that I was going to replace there. Um, I did pretty well in the featured matchups. I think I got three out of the four. I picked Ryan over Bell. That was right. I picked Joey over Elliot. That was right. I picked Chastain over Hamlin. That was right. The only one that I got wrong here was I picked Byron over Briscoe. Now let's take a look. So as Steve said, he didn't set a lineup, so we're not going to go through his uh, just to, to save uh, the embarrassment of that. Um, so let's take a look at the top 10 in points earned in the team bleeding NASCAR fantasy live league this past week in the 10th position, JD racing with 191 points earned ninth prime minister three, 193 eighth center Semper Blaney, 194 seventh mass math mom Four, 195 sixth, the Buckeye bullet 200 fifth team Penske 205 or 204. Sorry. Fourth uh, Steelion. Uh, 205, third, Blaniac 10 with 209 points, second, Smoke Show 571 with 210 points, and the winner in points earned this past week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League is, drumroll, Joe Bro, 1221, 212 points. Uh, Justin, uh, I think it's Justin Hughes, is a member of our Discord chat, uh, one of our fellow followers or favorite followers of the Team Blaney uh, Twitter page as well. Um, I thought I had a pretty decent week. Ended up 35th, 166 points earned. So it just shows you, I think a lot of people really hit on this lineup. Um, the defending champion, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 29th, tied for 29th, 170 points. So I was only four points back of that. Uh, so I will count that as a decent week, all things considered. 
Let's take a look at the playoff standings in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. In the 10th position, the Dalai Lama 4 with 1,319 points. In 9th, Rogers T, 1324. In 8th, Moose Hunter 1960, 1336. 7th, Alyssa C, 1337. 6th, Frygal 12, 1344. 5th, Moose 1616, 1355. 4th, Glad Pit Racing, 1356. 3rd, JD Racing, 1360. And 2nd, Blaney's Daisy, 1367. And leading right now, playoff standings in first place, Joe Lopez won 1,371 points. So that was a look at the playoff standings, but here's the standings that everybody's worried about here. The top 10 Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League overall standings. This is points earned throughout the entire uh, 2022 season. In 10th, Blaney kicks beep. 6,009 points. In ninth, Blaney's Daisy, 6,011. In eighth, Factory of Sadness, 6, 6,016. Seventh, Eric D, 15, 6075. Sixth, the Dalai Lama, 4, 6082. Fifth, Moose Hunter, 1960, 6123. In fourth, Math Mom, 4, 6,125. Third, JD Racing, 6,158. Second, Frygal, 12, 6,197. Still leading the way, the defending champion, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing in first, 6,226 points. Steve, you're in the 21st position, 5,820. I'm in the 31st position, 5,726. So haven't really gained too much on you. Back down into the 30s. I think I was up into the 20s a couple weeks ago. So that's a little bit concerning. I think lost four or five spots, so that's all right. I'll get it right this week. I promise. So you mentioned some guys in our, our little chat about Homestead here that, that we we should be looking at. Uh, the Reddicks and maybe the Chastains and maybe the, the Larsons. Um, Brian, I think, has gotten really good at, at running the high line. Um, I mentioned Noah Gregson. If you're looking for somebody kind of outside of the box, that's going to be running the 48 car again. Um, Denny Hamlin's really good at Homestead. Um so we'll have to see. Uh, Truex has been good there in the past. Um, anybody else that, that I'm missing that you're thinking about putting in your lineup if you set a lineup? Yeah, um, I'll, I promise I'll set a lineup. I'll set it up. You know, I'm going to set it right now while we're talking. You know, um, Actually, any one of the eight playoff guys, you know, because they, they, they will show up. I mean, um, and they'll figure out a way to get up there too. But um, guys who run the wall are the ones I always look at. I'm looking at. Uh, you know, uh, Kyle, uh, Larson, I'm looking at, uh, Tyler Reddick, uh, the eight car, you know, he is extremely good at running up there. Um, he goes up there a lot of times before anybody else will. Um, so, you know, and like I said, Ryan and Joey had really, really good tire tests there. Um, they were like top two or three guys on the board, uh, both days, uh, when they tested homes homestead. So, um, and at this point, I no no offense, Joey, but I don't think Joey's really going to push if it's if he's around Ryan. I think he's going to let Ryan get by him. Um, you know, the next two races, Joey really once you right now don't have to worry about he doesn't have to worry about any points, no stage points. He doesn't have to worry about whether or not he's going to, uh, you know, do anything as far as winning a stage or you know. And of course, winning a stage doesn't mean anything now anyway to get you know to get to the final four. So. You don't carry over anything into that final four. Um, so uh, look out for things like that, where his teammates really help him out as much as they can. Um, Austin being as fast as he, he was last weekend yeah. was actually, was actually a pretty good help because they could uh, bounce things off of what the two cars also doing, how they set up the two car and how they were getting speed out of the two car. So um, that's all we can hope for this week is that uh, he gets good, good help and feedback from his teammates when he can. Um, we know the speed should be there. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, any of these guys, the 14 car, you know, he's great at running up against the wall too. So, you know, fantasy wise, just take all the the guys that are good at running against the wall and put them in the lineup. Now, that being said, even those guys can brush the wall, you know, um, the, the good thing about this composite body car is that there's a less chance of getting tire damage from it. But if you slap it just wrong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Brushes are okay. But you've, if you have, yeah, you hit it in the, in the wrong, 
I mean, you're mostly going to be hitting the rear here, but in the rear toe link is really mm. susceptible yep. to breakage. So, and we, so, uh, we don't want to see that <laughs> even though the Raymond and the team is very good at fixing it. The yeah. last thing we want to see is them having to get under the car and do that as we watch the, the field parade around. So, um, like I said earlier, looking forward to this race, looking forward to see what happens in the team Blaine and NASCAR fantasy lively going forward. Um, one of the fun things that we do and we keep up with each week. And I love seeing new names kind of pop up into there uh, to see what happens. So yes. And remain calm. Yep. All is well. Minus 11. It could be worse. Could be not worse. But it's the thing is, it's exciting. You know, let's see what they do. Every time this year they've had their backs against the wall, they figured out a way to do something. And as far as a team and as far as the driver and uh, you know, I've got the ultimate confidence that they're going to come out swinging this weekend and Ryan will have half his a game on and they'll do everything they can to get there. You know, whether it's this week or if they have their back totally against the wall at Martinsville, they're going to do everything they can to get there. And uh, you know, that's what makes this uh, sport exciting. You know, the, the whole playoff setup is exciting. Uh, the thing is, is we're rooting for a guy and a team that has what it takes to get there. Obviously we've seen the 22 do it and that's the same, same people, personnel and, and, and equipment. And uh, now it's, it's Ryan's turn. Keep the faith. Thank you everyone. Once again, for tuning into this episode of the team Blaney podcast, if you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. Finally, I'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. Yeah, this uh, this Saturday is the walk um, to end Alzheimer's in Charlotte uh, at, the, at the baseball stadium, correct? Um, yep. So. Uh, that's this weekend. If you haven't joined yet and want to join or want to help out, you can do it even online. You don't have to be there. You can just go ahead and join online and help them online even uh, with the donations. So uh, go to go to the website there for that and check out the link and uh, join uh, Team Blaney as they walk uh, to end Alzheimer's. And if you haven't heard already, they are running kind of a, a special thing that they're trying to do that if you go on there and you support Team Blaney and you raise or donate as much as $100, you're going to get invited to a brunch after the walk. Uh, I'm assuming with other members of the team. So I think that's something that would be really cool. And as we usually say, it's uh, one of the organizations and causes that Ryan and his family really, really support from year to year. So go ahead and help them out as much as you can. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Global Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. 